This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. Welcome to the episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Once again, we are going to be giving you a six-minute Monday where I give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. Here we go. Tip number one, it's an exercise tip. Lift as heavy as possible, as often as possible, as fresh as possible. I'll say that again. Lift as heavy as possible, as often as possible, as fresh as possible. When you listen to that, and when you think about that, Think about not only what it's telling you to do, but what it's telling you not to do. I'll leave it at that. Okay, tip number two, something I am experimenting with. I am piggybacking on what I told you about last week, just giving you an update on it. So in my Underground Secrets to Faster Running, which talks about lifting uh, when you're in the gym, three sets of three, heavy, heavy weight. So you're doing three sets of three at around 90% of your max. What I was doing was three sets of three on bench press and then three sets of three on deadlift. I've decided to switch it up a little bit and do three sets of three on rows as opposed to bench press. And my fear was that it was going to hurt my hands. Like basically my hands were going to get fatigued. And I got to say that might be happening. I don't know. I'm still experimenting with it right now. So I'm feeling the calluses on my hands starting to grow. I don't feel like I have that ache in my hand. You know, when you do like a lot of grip work, you start to get that ache in your hand and your forearm. I don't have that, but I'm starting to get some calluses that I necessarily don't want, uh, which may impact the deadlifting. Because for me right now, the deadlifting is the most important thing. Having said that, I was also worried that those ha- that tired hands would make my deadlift worse when I got to the deadlift portion, but that doesn't seem to be the case yet. What seems to be happening is that my body actually feels more primed by setting it up with that row, it actually feels like it's more primed to do the deadlift. So the intent of the bench press was to basically get your body primed to do the deadlift by just having some heavy weight, you know, exposing your body to heavy weight, bracing the body, uh, getting the central nervous system going. Well, I think the same thing is happening, but maybe to a different extent because I am now engaging, taking that, using that hyper radiation, I'm grabbing that bar, squeezing it as tight as I possibly can, squeeze my whole body to pick it up on that row, and I think it's doing. It's a real nice primer to what's going on with the deadlift. More to come. Uh, I'm only six week and six sorry six exercises into a nine exercise phase I'm on the second week of a three-week cycle so I'll let you know when I get to the end because I'm going a little bit heavier weight every day but uh that is the experiment going on so far okay tip number three the quote that I am thinking about there was a quote that I used to think about and it was when the student is ready the teacher appears I'll say that one again when the student is ready the teacher appears essentially it means as a coach you can do all the coaching you want but if the, the, the student, the athlete, whoever is there, and they're not ready for it, it doesn't matter. If they're not ready for your message, it doesn't matter. But then I heard this quote. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. When the student is truly ready, 
the teacher will disappear. I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> uh, I liked it. I didn't like it. I, I, I thought it was pretty cool that in extent when the student is truly ready, the teacher disappears. Maybe maybe they're just so advanced they don't need the teacher anymore. Then I was thinking, are they going to stop learning? I don't know. It hit me hard both as a student and as a teacher. Maybe my ego is getting in the way or maybe my white belt mentality is getting in the way. But again, that's another rendition of it is when the student is truly ready – the teacher will disappear. But I guess that teacher's got to appear first before it disappear. All right, just something to think about. Okay, tip number four, something I'm reading that's moving me. It's called a, It's a book called The Twin Thieves. We heard about this at the Track Football Consortium. The author actually got up and spoke to the group as the keynote speaker. And the basic premise of the book is that there are these twin thieves out there that will rob you of your success. And those twin thieves are the fear of judgment and the fear of failure. And in many ways, they're linked, right? There could be ways where you are having this fear of being judged for failing. And I'm not going to go through all the gory details of the book, but it's told in a a novel-like way. So there's a story of a high school football team where the team lost a game, and then an advisor comes in, an old-school coach comes in, and he talks them through this process of culture and how to get rid of this fear of failure and this fear of judgment. So as you're doing things, or maybe as you're not doing things in your life, maybe you're holding back from taking a chance. Is it because you have this fear of failure failure, or you have this fear of judgment or both? The Twin Thieves, it's an easy read. You can probably read it, I don't know, in a half hour. It has a very similar look and feel to the book that our advanced training group read together of Chop Wood, Carry Water. Go check it out. Okay, tip number five. Tip number five, it's a productivity tip. I've talked about this before, I'll talk about it again. If you go to a conference, a seminar, anything, and you are taking notes in a book, what I like to do, the way I like to do it, this is me, George Mahoney, works for me. I like to be in the conference and take the notes on pen and paper. For me, there is definitely something about putting a pen to paper where there is this mind-body connection. To me, there is something about that triggering it into my mind and it etches it in my brain. So I take my notes. Then I like to wait about a week. Then I go back to those notes And then I start to put them, I type them into a file. Now, yes, I said something about pen to paper. There is. Now, when I'm typing it into a file, the reason I want it there is because, one, my handwriting is awful. It's completely and totally awful. So it makes it easier for me to read. Two, it makes it easier for me to find because now you can file it, store it in my notebook. Eventually, that notebook's going to get full. Where am I going to put it? How am I going to know where it went in the notebooks? And I take it and I file it in a certain category. And maybe sometimes I'll file it by by the category or by the speaker or whatever. Anyway, you go back and you take, and the reason you want to wait a week when you type that stuff in is because now you are, a week, in a week, things have changed for you, right? So you've t- taken your notes in the moment. Now you have time to reflect. I take my, I, I copy those notes, but then while I also copy those notes, I put in inner reflections. I basically journal as to what I'm feeling about what I read or what I thought or how I'm going to apply it. So it's not just me mindlessly uh, regurgitating notes from my notebook that I took from a person speaking on a stage. It was, no, here's what this person said. Here's what I think. Here's how this links to other things that I've read or done. Trying to connect or layer or stack talents or whatever way you want to call it. I'm trying to connect one skill set that I learned in one book to another skill set that I learned in another book. Or maybe they conflict with each other, right? And I just have this inner thought of, well, I need to do more investigation because book X says do this and book Y says do that. They don't seem to say the same thing. I got to investigate more to either see which one's right or maybe they do and I just read it wrong. So again, my productivity tip for you is to go in, 
if you're going to that conference, take your notes, wait a week, then go back and type it up. Now, you may be like, Coach, I'm like, I don't have time for all this information. My, my second productivity tip for that is stop getting so much information, right? You can't go to 100 conferences a year because you're not going to have time to do that. You can't read 100 books a year. You're not going to have time to absorb all that. Yes, I am a person that's advocating reading and growing, but even me, I, I'm intentionally taking time away from getting new information because I already have all this old information that I haven't done anything with, right? So let me take that time, put this stuff together, and, it, and get this information. So to me, I try and limit myself to one to two conferences a year at most. Probably one, unless there's something awesome, then maybe there's two. And I really do try to limit myself to only one book at a time that I'm reading, a self-help book. And when I'm done, i got to take notes on it. So this is my way of slowing myself down. In between keep my brain going I'll do some like puzzle I'll read puzzle books or I will read Batman comic books but again if you're in this continual state of self-help you'll never have time to absorb absorb it to put it into practice experiment uh, you get the point okay last tip tip number six the craziest thing I saw all week maybe it wasn't so crazy I saw believe it or not I saw at Owl Howell Field grown people playing soccer without using the small goals. I've talked about this before. They actually use the actual goals that are on the field. I talked about this before. I've hardly ever seen a goal at Owl Howell Field. I may have, maybe in my, I don't know, 10 years of training there, maybe saw three goals. And I'm talking about adults. The kids, I don't, I don't watch their games that much. I, they score, that's awesome. But when the adults play, I hardly see a goal. And what I cannot understand when these guys have their recreational games, why they bring out a smaller goal. If you're asking me, let's make this interesting, and let's use the real goal. I mean, how hard is it to be a goalie? I told you two weeks ago there was a guy smoking with no shoes on uh, in jeans rolled up around his knees playing goalie. How hard is it to be a goalie in this recreational league? Use the real goal. Then let's make it really interesting. Anyway, I don't know. Again, I don't know why I care so much about this. Probably because we, uh, very, they're very territorial about the field. They're constantly kicking people off. I've seen them throw trainers, weights, and sleds off the field, literally. But uh, I'm glad they used the big goal. I was highly impressed. And these guys look like dudes. They look like they were healthy. They were flying around. Uh, it's probably some legitimate league. But anyway, I was impressed by it. All right. That's it, people. Enjoy the rest of your week. Talk to you soon. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Zero Shoes, a company that is perfectly named. Why? Because when you're wearing their shoes, you feel like you're walking around completely and totally barefoot. A.K.A. like you're not wearing any shoes. A.K.A. like you are wearing zero shoes. Now, we've all heard the benefits of barefoot training, but who wants to walk into a gym without any shoes on your feet? First of all, it's gross, and second of all, it's disgusting. Now, the other benefits of zero shoes is not only are they functional, but they're also fashionable. So, you've seen many a time people walk in the gym with these minimalist shoes and they look like a freak. Not with zero shoes. You're going to blend right in. Also, they have a wide toe box so that your toes are not all scrunched together in the front like they normally are with any standard training sneaker or cleat. Now, to get your shoes, go to zeroshoes.com slash go slash Mahoney AT. Again, that's zeroshoes.com slash go slash Mahoney AT. And that zero is spelt with an X. It is X-E-R-O. Again, I'll say it again. It's X-E-R-O. Get your zero shoes today.